Texans act as if they might blitz. Tannehill in the gun. Here comes pressure. Tannehill, he's buried. He gets away. He rolls to his right. He throws downfield. Westbrook Aquino all alone. 45-40, and he's run out of bounds in the 36-yard line. Murray got him. What a play by Tannehill. He was dead to rights. He was being slung to the ground by Martin. He was on his back. He got away. What a play. Heads up to this guy for his ability to keep moving on that play. Nick Westbrook, Akina, joins us now on 3HL. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Doing well, doing well. Enjoying this day off. <laughs> walk us through. I mean, we might as well just walk through that play since uh, Joe yes. Hunt just played that the call, Mike Keith's call of that play. So in your head, do you think Tannehill's dead in the pocket? Well, you managed to keep moving while others were not. What what was going through your mind as that play was developing? Yeah, I, I mean, I remember looking back and seeing him, you know, get wrapped up, hearing the crowd, you know, get real loud. And usually that doesn't mean a good thing. But uh, <laughs> I guess I, as I was watching, the DBs were watching too. So they got caught lacking and, and looking in the backfield and Ryan made a great escape and you know, I was able to. I was just even glad that he was able to find me open down the field because it was like almost immediately after he rolled out, he had eyes on me somehow. So great awareness by him, and glad we were able to make that conversion. What is what has it been like for you this year? And I know that's kind of a broad question, but you look at just um, you know Julio's in and he's out, and and AJ's in and he's injured and he's out, and it's just you know, for this offense as a whole, just kind of losing pieces, but yet you you all, all of you seem to step in and step up when you need to. So for you personally, with all of those pieces coming and going, what has this season kind of been like? I mean, it's been a, a great season to be a part of. I mean, personally, um, you know, obviously didn't have this many opportunities last year uh, to be on offense. So just even having those opportunities has been great and uh, it's just been a blessing, really, to be able to step up and have the trust of Ryan and, you know, our coaches uh, to put me in those situations. You've been amazing against the Houston Texans also. Like, what? what is it again? <laughs> Do you just hate the city of Houston? Like, what? what's going on? 11 receptions, 185 yards, and a touchdown. What? What's going on against the Texans here, Nick? I don't know. My my buddy from high school asked me the same thing. He's like, "What they do to you?" Posted it on his social media. Like, what what Houston do to Nick? Um, yeah, I I really couldn't explain it. Uh, I just remember the first game. You know, obviously it was it was a dog fight and trying to fight back to win that game. Yeah. Um, you know, it was poor conditions and just kind of just try to make the play whenever the ball was thrown to me. And you know, kind of the same thing happened this game. And you know, Ryan just delivered some great balls that gave me a chance and. You know, I was just glad to be able to get in the zone as well. Nick, um, from a player's perspective, man, let me let me in and move the move the move the blinds back a little bit. Let me look behind it. Mm-hmm. When you got Julio and AJ out there, your coverage is totally different. Do you feel? Right. How do you feel? Like is it like a level of disrespect? Like man, you gonna put me put these guys right <laughs> here on me, man? You don't know who I am. And you go out there and make plays. Like what? What's the difference in being in that one slot and then being able to be that third guy? Yeah, definitely. When you're you know when you're the, it's just you out there, or just mm-hmm. you and, and a, another receiver. Um, you know that they're gonna treat you differently. Um, you know that they're thinking, okay, the ball's really only going to go to you. But when you got Julio and AJ out there, you know, defense can't really know who that play is designed for. Um, 
And I feel like that happened, you know, a lot this past week uh, on Sunday where, you know, they might try to shut one guy down, but then, you know, if we have the right concept up, then another guy's able to shine. So it, it makes it a lot easier for me. Uh, I love being <laughs> yeah. able to be out there with them. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm able to learn so much playing with them and in their room, but then being out in the field and during games and, and be on the same field and we're all out there running routes. I feel like it makes it easier for all of us. You ever thought about going out there with a bill? Because you look like you were salivating out there, man, when <laughs> when you was getting the matchups <laughs> that you had. <laughs> like, you was eating, bro. <laughs> I ain't playing. <laughs> I might have to get one next time. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Nick Westbrook at Canada, Titans wide receiver, uh, joins us now. Number one seed. You know, we we were talking with uh, Saffold, did this show last uh, last Tuesday, and and he he said, you know what? I'm 12 years in. I've never I've never been a one seed. Uh, I know it, it means a lot to the guys, but the way that you guys have held everything together, I I think is one of the biggest stories in the NFL. Of course, because it's the Titans, it's getting overlooked. Not that any of us give a crap about that, but it, it's amazing to think about 91 different dudes out there trying to get you to the point where you are now. It, it it's just phenomenal to think about the level of guy that's in that locker room. Yeah, I mean, it's been awesome to just watch, you know, the guys come in and you always talk about it. I've said it a bunch of times, that next man up mentality. But, yeah. you know, there's so many guys who, you know, contributed to being able to have this opportunity to be the one seed um, and, you know, try to make a, pu- a push for the Super Bowl. And it's just it's awesome to be a part of, you know, the culture of it and just seeing guys buy in. It's just been awesome. How would you describe your quarterback? How would you describe Ryan Tannehill? Oh, man. I mean, there's so many different ways. I mean, he's an awesome leader, um, you know, just off the field. You know, just a great guy to have in the locker room, you know, bring camaraderie and, and just kind of like build our culture. It's the type of guy that you want. And then obviously on the field, you know, you see all the plays he's able to make, um, whether it's, you know, delivering a dime, you know, just a – a crazy pass like that, you know, early, that early third down conversion that he threw to me, um, you know, there was a real tight window and he's able to just squeeze it in there and has all the confidence in the world to do it. Um, but then he also can, you know, make, you know, defenses hurt with his legs too. And he, he's fearless in the pocket, you know, he's fearless running the ball. Uh, so I, I've just been, been blessed and lucky enough to have him as, you know, my first quarterback coming into the league. Um, and kind of, you know, set that expectation of, of how a quarterback's supposed to be. So I'm not going to lie. We we kind of joke about it. Like, a, a press conference with Ryan Tannehill is probably, like, the most boring press conference you're ever going to hear. Because <laughs> he just doesn't say anything. He doesn't give anybody bulletin board material. He doesn't say anything ever mean or, you know, that's that's just not in his... Or entertaining. Well, that too. Like, he's just very business. Like, here you go. I'm going to not offend anybody or give anybody bulletin board material. So let us in on behind the scenes, Ryan Tannehill, as far as passion and competitiveness and all that. You guys see a different side? Yeah, I mean, I always see his competitive drive, you know, in practice. You know, if we, you know, have, you know, small mistakes here and there, um, you know, he'll be quick to correct, but in a, in a good way, in a constructive way, so that we understand, like, how important that, that detail is going to be when we get to game time. Um, and then, you know, other, other than that, too, like, the passion he has just for, you know, his kids, seeing how awesome and connected he is with his family is, is great to see. Um, and just, you know, overall funny dude, too. Uh, 
we'll share we'll share you know videos and memes that are going around uh in the locker room and in the hot tubs and stuff does he ever remind you that uh he was a wide receiver once because everybody else likes to talk about that (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't really do make a point to do it but yeah i feel like everyone else will memes in the hot tub that's really interesting um Nick Westbrook again with us. Hey, so back to that play, that play early in the fourth quarter. Uh, you guys at that point had, I don't know if you know this, but you had 11 plays for 16 yards in the second half at that point, and that's in the fourth quarter. Third and five with 10-22 left. So you catch that ball, you go down the field, you get pushed out of bounds, you're in Texans territory. Did you think in the moment, all right, that's it. We're going to go ahead and take this one. Yeah, um, to some degree, I mean, obviously you never know what can happen, but I feel like, you know, that was a real crucial point in the game. And I'm actually still a little salty with myself. I really feel like watching it back, I could have scored. could have scored. I knew when it happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a little bit better stiff arm, and it would have been a different story. But, you know, it might have worked out better, you know, took a little bit more time off the clock before we did score. But, yeah, I felt like that was a crucial moment that we needed to to kind of – to wrap it up and finish that game off with a, with a win. All right, you, we've talked about both these catches. The one early in the game across the middle on third down, which was put into a tight window, and you got hammered. Um, and then you've got this other play that, that Ryan Tannehill escapes, and you're wide open, and the ball seems like it's in the air for five minutes. Which one is more <laughs> difficult, challenging to catch? I felt like the the wide open one honestly was a really? little bit more nerve wracking to catch, just yeah. because there's a little bit more time to think about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, like at first I, I'm like, okay, he does see me, and I'm like, okay, now the ball's in the air. I'm like, am I in the right position? Did he overthrow me? You kind of start second guessing yourself, but you know, I was able to make it right. But yeah, that first one was it was just pure reaction. Uh, the ball is up and down quick, and you know, Ryan put it in a place where I didn't get hit too hard, which was nice. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Nick. I'm a guy, man. I play. I play basketball, man. So one, I would love mm-hmm. to score the ball, but nothing, nothing on earth was like standing at half court and telling my point guard to run full speed with the guy defending him, trying to pressure him, and me sitting a, a screen at half court and he don't <laughs> see it coming, and me hearing him, me hearing him, you know, that neck snap just a little bit, you know, crack his neck, <laughs> loosen him up a little bit. You've yeah. had, you've been on on the end of man cracking some of these big runs, man. When you go to block a guy to mm-hmm. to get a running back like um Derrick Henry or somebody loose, man, what is that like? Like what's your what's your thought process? Like you, everybody has a job to do. With you blocking like that, where did that come from? Uh I mean it's something that we've always coached in the in the off season and, you know, during camp is just making sure that we're finishing and you know, everybody's on a body covering somebody else. I feel like that's kind of one of the one of the bigger things about it is just if you can cover a dude up and make sure he's not, you know, getting an arm out or, mm-hmm. you know, lunging for a tackle or, you know, an extra free hit that the running back's not expecting, um, it lets the running back, you know, do what he's paid to do and, and make people miss and, and make plays. So I feel like that's the biggest thing. I'm just trying to make sure my guy is not the one in on the tackle. Do you talk a little bit of trash after you do it when you see Saffold and them, them guys – Pushing the pile, pile like I got me one too, y'all. Look, I got me one too. <laughs> when he break it, nah, I really talking trash. I remember the one, uh, the one long one that Derek had against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I remember I had like a pancake, and then looking back at Roger, and we were both celebrating down the field. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
I love it. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you, you guys went down that path because uh, I heard a couple weeks ago uh, your head coach on his show say, usually when there's a long run that we have, Nick Westbrook Aquina is somewhere in there throwing the block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know if he hands out praise very often, but uh, he did on his show that day. I don't think he does publicly. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I appreciate it. I always get updates from friends and family talking about you know what Brable says. So. It's great to hear, and he'll sometimes mention it in the meeting rooms as well, which is nice. So um, as, as we kind of look, a nice rest week this week for you guys, get get bodies right for a, a hopefully long run. Um, a lot of the talk, obviously, nationally is that the King will be back. How does Derrick Henry look? Yeah, he's looked great at practice. Um, you know, obviously, being able to see him, or I've been through, you know, a, a foot injury myself, so I know how tough it is to get back through that. So I'm just excited to see what he's going to be able to bring to the table. Um, and, yeah, that's really all I can say because, you know, who knows what can happen. But I just know that he fought, you know, to get back to where he's at right now and have a chance to be back out there. So what's the biggest thing with a foot injury? It's just uh, getting back out there and trusting it. Is Is that what the – like the or is whole, it conditioning yeah. or yeah? What's I, the I'm biggest? just I'm just wondering about the mental thing. Yeah, for, I mean, for me, um, I got cleared like right as camp was starting, so it was it was kind of just yeah, like trusting that you know it's it's strong enough to be able to be there. Obviously, there's gonna be a little bit of pain that you got there. Not always a little bit, but there's gonna be pain you got to work through. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like stiffness, and you know it's, it's it's just different. You know, you haven't been in the constant you know routine of running cutting stopping so you know that that's just something that you got to build up leading up to when you first come back and you know it was tough for me but I feel like you know I was able to come back through camp and have you know a better camp than I did last year um so that's with a ankle that I didn't feel as confident in so yeah that's just that was the mental side for me and I'm sure you know Derek's Derek's built different, so I'm excited to see what he, he's going to be able to do. Derek's built different than anyone on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. But you guys did give him an extra couple of weeks, so that's uh, that's really good. Exactly, yeah. All right, Nick Westbrook-Akina, uh, our guest. Uh, appreciate it, brother. Uh, keep it keep it going, and uh, it's going to be fun. Everything's got to come through Nashville. That's a, That's a good place to be. Exactly. I can't wait. Thanks for having me. Thank you. There he is, Nick Westbrook Aquina, Titans wide receiver. Good By stuff the way, IU guy. What is Mr. that? Mr. Bass. My, my okay. husband's an IU guy. So He's like, oh, yeah, you're having my IU guy on. Great. Yeah. I, was, oh, you know, I thought you were going to say he must be good at shooting threes or something. I was, I, I was about to go down that, that lane, but then I did a little research and I saw he was running track instead of hooping. Mm. But 6'2 frame and the way yeah. he explode, I would think that. Well, and he was kind of the time frame that helped down the floor. <laughs> help put IU football like uh, back, uh, yeah, yeah, in mm-hmm. a different place too. All right, uh, when we come back, we'll go up to Indianapolis. We'll check in with Chris Lowe, oh, yeah. who covers college football nationally for ESPN.com. Georgia and Alabama, if you heard, they're playing tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll get we'll get uh, Chris's report live from Indy next on Three HL. Three HL one zero four five the zone. Brent Doherty, Don Davenport, Ron Slay. That's so good. You decided Georgia Alabama. 
Most hey, places it's Georgia minus two and a half. Action twenty four seven has, and they're putting it out there. We have Bama plus three. And they put I'm a like, hook on it too now. They're just trying to get Bama money. There's a hook on it now. They put a hook on it. Makes me nervous from now. See, hey, hey, the house is going to lose big. And if I for- Alabama. Man, wins. I forgot the. What are we missing? We missing something. I forgot the lady that was that's covering the covering the Georgia Bulldogs. I forgot her name. Leslie Visser? Maybe so. No. No. Uh, Molly McGrath. Thank you, Babs. Why, gotcha. why am I, I, I'm not talking to you no more. <laughs> thank you, Babs. But, Molly Rose covering Bama. Yeah. So Molly she McGrath was saying she was saying when they interviewed her, something's wrong with you. <laughs> she was saying that Lauren Hill. She was at the practice. Yeah, could be her too. <laughs> she, she was at the practice and they Kirby said he's never seen his guys this. Now, this could be coach talk, too, but she has no reason to say this. Never seen his guys this locked into this much detail all season long. After being embarrassed in that SEC championship. Mm-hmm. Let's go up to Indy. Let's uh, let's get Chris Lowe let's in get, here. Let's, from, let's get, the from, low, uh, get the low down from the low. ESPN.com. Hey, Chris. What are we missing? <laughs> well, before we get to Georgia, Alabama, um, there was this little thing that happened on Saturday down on the bayou, and that's Ron Slay on the Vault Network with Bob Kessling, and he crushed it. Well, but here's the one thing he didn't do. He could go out and shoot for the balls. Maybe if they would have after <laughs> It's a different Forget day and age, Aggressive boy. underneath mm, there. Mm-mm. Maybe get some, some paint uh, points in the paint slay or <laughs> something going to the rim, man. They could – I've heard nothing but rave reviews performance on the air, but boy, the team could have used it. Well, he also could have told told the uh, the New York story. Bob Kessler would have had fun with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Try well, to deal I with this. You met curfew Friday, Slice. You be curfew on Friday night. No, no. See, that was the thing. I did, I left Saturday morning. I said, nope, they ain't gonna get me like that. <laughs> I've been down that road before. You go the same day. <laughs> Don't Rick Ford knocking on your door. <laughs> yeah. Slay it here. And Rick would do it, too. That's the crazy thing. All right, what's the vibe like in Indy? Uh, what what kind of uh, – is it 50-50, Bama fan, Georgia fan? What what are you seeing up there? You know, I'm always hesitant to say because it depends on what hotel you're in sometimes. It seems like I've seen more Georgia fans than I have Alabama fans. But, you know, I, I definitely thought there were more Georgia fans in Atlanta for the SEC championship mm-hmm. game. Uh, we'll see here tonight. You know, once the, the stadium starts to fill in, and you see what what it looks like. You got a better feel. But um, I uh, I don't think either if it's sixty forty or whatever it is, I don't think that's going to have a big impact on the game. No, I agree with you. Um, so here we are with another rematch in the college football championship game. What what do you think about this? Um, because I keep. I, I'm on Georgia on this game, but people keep coming at me from the Bama side, and, and rightfully so. Don't bet against Nick Saban. You know better than that. That you know you, we've seen this before. In fact, we saw this matchup a couple of weeks ago. How do you break down this second matchup based on that seventeen-point win from Alabama in the SEC championship game? Well, so, you know it's hard to when you start talking about rematches. You know you don't get a lot of those in football, at least in college football. Very rarely do. Uh, so it's just I think a that was a month ago. Bama's backs were absolutely against the wall. They had to win that game to get into the playoff. Right. Georgia was going to get in regardless, which they did. So I think that's one part of the equation. The second part is, see, I think it works. If this game is a second-half game and it's a close game with three or four minutes to play in the third quarter, 
then I think that really starts to work to Alabama's advantage. Because if you're Georgia, then you start thinking, all right, here we go again. You know, here these guys are right here. We haven't been able to sort of master Alabama. Georgia has not played well against Alabama the last few times they've played them. And I think that even though some of these players weren't around for when they played them, most of them weren't around for when they played 17, but they certainly were around a month ago, I think the mental part starts to work in. I do think, though, with Georgia obviously being motivated, their pride, pride was bruised to get beat up like that, they're going to come out ready to knock Alabama in the face, ready to punch them in the face. And how does Alabama respond? If they do that and they don't knock Alabama out early, then, again, you sort of wonder how this game goes from there. Bama's got the two best players on the field. Will Anderson, Jr., and Bryce Sherman are the two best players. Georgia's got the best unit on the field. Their front seven's better than any other unit in the game. So, to me, it comes down pretty simply to this. Can Alabama play as well in the offensive line and protect Bryce Young the way they did the first game and give him a chance to throw the football, give him clean pockets? Even without John Mechie, I think if they do that, Georgia is average enough that Bama can exploit them in the secondary. At CeeLo ESPN is the Twitter handle. I totally agree. And, and Bama, Bama found something offensively where Georgia's big, talented defensive tackles just got gassed because Alabama was running the hurry-up offense and they couldn't get those guys off the field. Is there a plan in place for that to not happen from a Georgia perspective again? Like, I was at the Ole Miss Tennessee game and sitting behind the Ole Miss bench and and Lane Kiffin often had two, three, four defensive guys standing on the sideline next to the defensive coaches and when the play was over they would go sprinting out onto the field. Can George? Because I, I think that's one of the things that Alabama exploited uh, that Georgia hadn't seen all year. Yeah, well, and they're going to have to because you're right. In the second half, Georgia was gassed. I mean, I thought you saw conditioning in that first game play a big role. I thought Alabama was a better conditioned team. And part of that was the tempo that Alabama played with in the first half. It really took guys like Jordan Davis out of the game. He was a non-factor in the second half. He just was able to play. He wasn't in good enough shape to play. And I think he's even come out and said that now. So we'll see here, what, 35 days later, you know, how that has changed. But you know Bama's going to try to hit them again. Because Georgia is so deep in their front seven. We talk about Jordan Davis. We talk about Nicobe D. You know, Jalen Carter doesn't even start sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. he's one of their best defensive linemen. So, if they can get it to where Bama's not able to sort of get in that rhythm and going fast, then I think Georgia's depth starts to play a big factor, certainly to get into the second half. But, you know, Bama gets them on their heels like they did the last time, you know, bam, 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 tempo, 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 then I don't think that's good news for the dogs. If this game is close late, Chris, could we see a pucker factor on the Georgia side? Well, that's what I said earlier. I mean, I think the longer this game sort of – you get late into the third, into the fourth quarter, Bama's ahead, it's anybody's game. I don't care what anybody says. You know that's got to start working on – whether it's Kirby Smart, whether it's his assistant, certainly the players on that field. It's just it's just human nature. You're like, all right, we, we just haven't been able to get over the hump of these guys. Even when we've had them, you know, you go back to the 18 SEC championship game, Georgia had them dead to right. And that game, Jalen Hurst comes off the bench and beats him. So I think those type things absolutely become a factor. Uh, see, I, I think Georgia's best route to win this game, even though they got up 10 up in early last game, yep. is to get out early and really hit them in the face, get up a couple touchdowns, get up 10 points, whatever, and then sort of keep that 
you know, your foot on the uh, the gas pedal and see if you can get Alabama sort of out of its rhythm, out of its comfort zone. Because that never happened the last game. Even though they got down 10 nothing, you didn't see a lot of panic in Alabama. And that's the thing about Bryce Young, man. I don't know that I've seen a true sophomore in his first year as a starter any steadier, any more calm. I mean, there's nothing seems to bother the guy. He's just – I don't care if he's just on a pick, which he only threw, I think, four or five all year, or he gets sacked, he gets his bell rung, uh, or whether he throws a touchdown pass. He's always the same guy. And that demeanor has really started to spread among the Alabama offense. Chris Lowe with us live in Indianapolis. Uh, real quick, the – College football uh, playoff committee trying to figure out what what they're going to do long range big big picture. Uh, does it go to twelve? Is that where where we're headed? That I, I saw Greg Sankey said it feels like they're in overtime and they've gone for two nine times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw Greg at the hotel earlier. I I don't think I think they just they're going to kick the can back down the road and they've got to make a decision pretty quickly and, and clearly there's not a unanimous feel right now among the commissioners, among the people who are voting, and it's got to be unanimous if you're going to change this playoff before 26. I think if they don't do something here in the next week or so, you're going to see it before the next four years until the contract is up, and then in 26 will be the first time. But you've got a lot of conferences looking out for themselves. SEC and Greg Sankey are fine keeping it right where it is. Because, oh, by the way, two SEC teams are playing here in the Big Ten footprint for the national championship. <laughs> Or if they go to 12, I think he's fine with going to 12. But what he doesn't want, what the SEC doesn't want, is automatic qualifier, qualifier status for all Power 5 teams just right. because you win the championship. I think the ACC probably and the Big Ten probably feel more like eight is the number. Uh, but they're going to continue, I think, at the end of the day to kick this thing down the can down the road. I just don't think they're going to be able to come to any kind of consensus. Great stuff, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, we'll be watching, and uh, we'll be reading ESPN.com. Thank you, Chris. Here we go. All right. See you guys. All right, CeeLo. At CeeLo ESPN. Man, you know what, man? Have you come to a decision yet? I don't know. <laughs> Just say well, you're you better know. Just like, say you're going down. You got about two hours and 22 minutes. I, I mean, because I'm, I'm sitting there looking at it, and I'm dissecting I'm here. We're hearing people talk as much as, as he's saying about like Bama has the best two guys on the field in, in Will Anderson and Bryce Young. Like, I almost want to beg to differ. Like, I know Will Anderson a dog, but man, the Kobe Dean ain't no punk. Jordan Davis ain't no punk. I mean, like, God, they gotta have a plan for that hurry up though, because they do. Those, those two dudes were gassed. Yes, he they was were right. And by then, you're in the red zone, and they're just they need oxygen. If you own that team, how many times do you think you heard 41 points? How many times do you think you heard that after the bowl game? Bro, they were probably doing 41 reps during their workouts. <laughs> you feel what how I'm many saying? reps, coach? <laughs> 41. Like, I, I, they ben, hadn't given up 41 all year. Dude, being at UT and LSU, like, you forget how young these guys are because, you know, you talk about Titans and you talk about the NFL and pro sports and then you talk about the money, NIL, and you forget, Mike, these are really kids still, man. But one thing about it, Georgia ain't got no kids on that defense. Them some men. <laughs> like, they a man, but they ain't 40. I'm, it's, hey, man, it's just different to me, man. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like you want to go Georgia, I, I, but you're just like, <laughs> you won't do it. I, something won't let me. I don't know who got my hands tied. I mean, sound like a goat. Slay's texting me and Peter Burns. He's texting me and Todd <laughs> Furman. Like, <laughs> I'm looking for anything, man. 
Todd Furman did say, if Bama wins, the house is going up in flames, yes. basically. Yes. Yes. Now, he said, there's a lot of liability it on the Alabama bad. side. That's how he says that. I say house up in flames. Uh, but anyway, more on that. 615-737-1045. You want in at 3HL1045 on Twitter. Great tell 104.5 The Zone. Slay trying to figure it out. Georgia or Alabama tonight? <laughs> Georgia. I just said, hey, Slay, <laughs> Nick Saban is going to say, read between the lines, buddy. Well, that's she the put, whole problem. She put three fingers up. That's the problem, man. That's why I'm torn. It's hard to go against Like Natalie and Bruglia? Like, you're, you're lying naked on the floor? Listen. Listen to me. I'm telling you right now. He doesn't. He doesn't know. I mean, no, man. The I, references that all three of us throw out there are really weird sometimes. Yes. But anyway, dude, you are torn. T O R N. So are you? <laughs> you're gonna go man. Georgia. I can read it in. I'm you. going Georgia now. But are you gonna go money line or are you gonna go? I'm ready to jump on out and see. This is my thing. Listen, I ain't going, and I'm just going a little bit. I'm going all the way if I'm going. Scared money don't make money. Come on, man. Now I'm talking my language. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So I'm ready to go in and say, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Georgia minus five. I'm gonna make what? my own line. Oh my. That's how I'm feeling. I mean, you're going out there. You went from... I, wait, how does this happen? I ain't got no roof. I don't know. You went from I can't decide. I ain't got no roof. So I'm going to make my own line, Georgia, by five. Hey, man, listen, Might man. Might as well go six and a half while we're at it. That's a lot. <laughs> six and a half a lot. What, Babs? You want me to, have, to make yes. you feel better? Yeah, right. come on, help me, Babs. Let's talk about Georgia's defense. Don't hurt Let's me. Talk help me. Let's Georgia, talk about baby. Bryce Young versus Georgia's blood. Okay, here we go. Now, you want that? Let's get into it. Okay, so let's go back to the SEC championship game. Okay. Bryce Young versus Georgia's blitz. First of all, let me preface this with Georgia's defense when it comes to how often it blitzes, right? Is like minuscule. It's right in the middle. It's the middle of the pack okay. in college football. Oh, okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Well, that, that blitz in 59th. Right. That blitz against Alabama was more like a, oh, crap, we better blitz. Right. Because they got no pressure with four. Right. Bryce Young. All right, I'll go uh, completed attempted, right? Okay. When he was blitzed. Right. Completed eight of 20. 40%. Okay. Not 18 of 24, 75%. Mm. Yards per attempt, blitzed 4.6, not 13.8. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's common sense, right? You, yeah. you, you pressure, pressure works. Mm-hmm. So Georgia's in the heat, call it a day, win a national championship and pay Ron Slay. Pay, you know what? Pay Man me my money. money. You know what? I'm going, y'all. Here's the weird thing about this. So Dawn just said in her FanDuel no. spot. FanDuel? Yes. Yeah, FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, two yep. and a half. Georgia by two and a half. Yes. Action 24-7. It's Georgia by three and a half. And they're tweeting out, Bama fans, you can get plus three here. 
<laughs> and now it's plus three and a half. So what does that what so what does that mean? What does that tell you? They want Bama money. They think Georgia's gonna win. That's what that tells me. And cover. I'm going in. Hmm. I'm gone. Just right there, sitting right there. I'm, I'm I'm about to take off. So did the analytics on that help you? You think I mean did that sway you in a different direction? Not really. So you, do you feel better about that? I, I you feel, feel like, like Kirby Smart has had a little bit of extra time to see what works and what doesn't against this opponent not that long ago. And yes, this defense is going to come and be super aggressive. Yes. And you know what? Because that's what I think. As when much I as it's, yeah, as much as it's. You can't beat Nick Saban. He got a stronghold on his on his on his on his guys that have coached under him. What wins championships? Defense. I'm gone. And running the football. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm gone. All right, six one five seven three seven one zero four five. We'll get to reset when we come back. We'll I'm go gone. to the phones when we come back. Buck Rising coming up in the five o'clock hour. He was in Houston. We'll talk with him a little bit later. This is three HL National Championship. College football Monday. Mm. It's a celebration of the mm-hmm. sport. We'll be right back. 3HL 104.5 The Zone.